we will remember this day is the uh, day of the passing of Dr. Billy Graham, and we want to talk about that uh, with uh, Pastor Dewey Modi here uh, on the Hub in New Mexico. But uh, before we talk to Pastor Dewey about uh, Dr. Billy Graham, I want to find out a little bit about how Dewey's been because we haven't talked to him for a little while. How are you, my brother? Well, Happy New Year. <laughs> and a happy 2018 to you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, I sure do appreciate your uh, Wyndham Revival radio broadcast. That's what kicks off our uh, broadcast at Church for the Brokenhearted every Sunday, and it's uh, it's phenomenal. I really enjoy it. Well, bless your heart, man. Um, as uh, you can imagine, there's been tears said uh, tears here at the at the Modi House with the passing of Billy Graham. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you ask about the ministry and the Wyndham Revival. And, you know, a lot of that is what I've tried to learn over the years from Billy Graham. Uh, just a, mm-hmm. you know, a simple man just trying to do his best for our Lord. But um, And how are things going after God's glory alone? Well, you know, as long as we keep following uh, what God has called us to do, and uh, do it with integrity. Uh, I think that's probably one of the greatest things I've tried to learn from Billy Graham mm-hmm. is purity and integrity. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and never missing an opportunity to share the gospel, right? Yeah, Amen. You know, I just one of my favorite quotes from Billy Graham is, "If you know Christ, you won't die alone." Amen. Amen. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? What's your uh, What's your earliest recollection of Dr. Graham? Well, I was thinking of that today, Dan, when he started to have a huge uh, impact on my life was when I got my first job in radio back in the 70s, and uh, I, I got to do the Sunday morning shift. Mm-hmm. And because uh, the, the, the boss, the owner, knew I wasn't out drinking like the other guys, and so I would get to work on time, you know what I mean? And on, <laughs> on Sunday mornings, I got to uh, load uh, Billy Graham's program, mm-hmm. uh, Hour of Decision, you know, because it was in, in the days when some people don't even know what these machines are anymore, the real to real machines. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and the tape, you know, and put that thing on and, and turn it on. There was no such thing as satellite feeds or anything like that um and to hear him preach and the way he preached it it touched to my core dan Mm -hmm. and you know being a a sports guy i was the sports play-by-play guy at the radio station i was always fired up to do sports and i'd kind of like you know yell or get excited at times and so i'm hearing this preacher like yell at times and, and going for it, and I thought, you know, I like this guy. I gotta listen to him, and and uh, I loved how he got fired up, and you know, I really uh, learned to really appreciate the deep, the deepness of uh, Billy Graham's faith and mm-hmm. how excited he was to share that with the world. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I would I would venture that seventy five percent of the people who started radio when you and I did, um, way back when radio was still black and white, 
uh, that uh, that they all had had to do that Sunday morning shift and uh, have a program like Dr. Billy Graham's Hour of Decision. I would say 75% of them probably ran that reel-to-reel tape of Dr. Graham's Hour of Decision broadcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and um, I was reading about a guy saying when he first met Dr. Graham, and I thought, well, I met uh, Billy Graham through the radio like millions and millions and millions of people across the world met him for the first time on radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, my ex- first exposure were the television programs, uh, watching the uh, Crusades that uh, they would televise. Uh, that was that was my first exposure. And I was telling Laura earlier this morning, said, you know, Mom would say, Tur- always turn that on the television and say, you need to sit down and watch this. <laughs> but it was always interesting because he was always he always had a message that uh, related to where we were at right now. I always appreciated the the way he he made the Bible. He put the Bible in in context with uh, what was happening in the world right now. Mm-hmm. May I read you something, Dan? Go for it. It's from a, a book, uh, a dear friend of you and Laura and I and one of our mentors and one of the greatest human beings I've ever met in my life, uh, Pastor Don Kimbrough, years mm-hmm. ago mm-hmm. when I was when I was managing KKIM, brought me a book, uh, The Leadership secrets of Billy Graham, and in there, there's this, yes, it's easy to lose focus, not just with forays into political causes, but also with tasks that are closely related to your core mission. For instance, in the overall process of reaching people and helping them become faithful followers of God, Billy has focused on one element connecting with broad audiences and bringing them to the point of decision. Hmm. The name of the radio program was Our Our Decision. Decision. That means he primarily leaves to others the task of helping people grow in faith. Hmm. And that is precisely what impressed the skeptical British commentator George Scott during Billy's 1954 campaign in London. Scott wrote this, If the people will not go to the church... The church must go to the people. Mm-hmm. One of the strongest things in Graham's favor, the fact most likely to overcome the national prejudice against him, is that he does not pretend to be a one-man church. He sees his mission primarily as that of the fairground barker who will first win the eyes and ears of the public <laughs> so that they will be attracted into the tent. <laughs> Scott had been especially impressed when Billy observed that evangelism is only 5% of the task. And when Billy's work is done, the other 95% is just beginning to keep the convert resting in Christ and growing into maturity in Christ and in the church. Billy lasered in on the 5%, explaining the decision a person needed to make regarding Jesus. When a person makes that decision, Billy encourages local churches and pastors to follow up with the elements of the 95% for spiritual growth. Amen. Amen. And what's interesting, what you just covered right there, the aspect of the fact that uh, Billy Graham's role was to to really bring people into the, the kingdom was one of those things that caused many in the fundamentalist movement to to have issues with Dr. Graham 
because, well, they don't have real good follow-up at the Grimm Evangelistic Association. Yeah, that, uh, that Billy really had a good relationship with the churches and pastors and, you know, built part of his ministry all around that. He, he like, uh, like the writer wrote there, he's not a one-man mm-hmm. church. He was not a yeah. one-man church. Yeah, it was, it was not his job to, to bring them to church. It was his job to bring them into the family of faith. And uh, it was the, but he did do a great job of partnering with churches so that they could do the follow-up work uh, and, uh, and, and work on the discipling of these individuals. Bring them in the tent, brother. I also like this, what Billy wrote about sexual immorality. Since in our day right now, here in 2018, we've got all this stuff going on around sexual harassment and and sex problems. My goodness, it's enough to make your head spin. Mm -hmm. Graham wrote this. He said, we all knew of evangelists who had fallen into immorality while separated from their families by travel. Billy wrote, we pledged among ourselves to avoid any situation that would have even the appearance of compromise or suspicion. From that day on, I did not travel, meet, or eat alone with a woman other than my wife. We determined that the Apostle Paul's mandate to the young pastor Timothy would be ours as well. Mm-hmm. Flee youthful lust. Yeah, the uh, and I believe what you're reading there is a comment about the Modesto uh, Manifesto, which was put together early on in the days of the Graham Association, which uh, still, boy, I tell you what, uh, Dewey, we need to, uh, as men of God, we need to be paying attention to this uh, today. Absolutely, that's very timely for this day. We, we're all messed up there, Dan. Uh, it's enough to make your head swim when mm-hmm. you hear all this stuff going on. It's yeah. just, you know, there's another book, Dan, that Billy wrote, The Reason for My Hope, mm-hmm. you know, My Salvation, yeah. uh, Billy Graham wrote. i got to read this to you. He, Billy Graham wrote this. He said, well, no one knows if Einstein ever made Jesus the Lord of his life. He did say this near the end of his life. If you ask me to prove what I believe, I can't. The mind can proceed only so far upon what it knows and can prove. There comes a point where the mind takes a leap and comes out upon a higher plane of knowledge, but can never prove how it got there. All great discoveries have involved such a leap. And Graham ends up by saying, this, my friend, may be the point in time for your higher plane, relying on more than others' testimonies and completely on faith in God alone because of what he says about himself. Most assuredly, I say to you before Abraham was, I am. <laughs> I am, John eight fifty eight. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Billy Graham, a, a wonderful, wonderful servant of, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I, I don't know what you know about, how much you know about uh, his relationship with his right wife, Ruth, but uh, boy, uh, Laura and I have commented on this this morning that it, it, it amazed both of us that he lasted as long as he did following Ruth's passing in 2007. Yeah, Ruth put on her headstone, what was it? Construction now complete? Yes. Mm hmm. <laughs> And now just imagine the day in heaven today, huh? Amen. Amen. What a reunion. 
What a reunion. The, uh, by the way, I've, I've referenced the Modesto Manifesto uh, several times here this morning and, and the importance that it had in the Graham Association because it doc- t- talked about um, uh, money, first and foremost. It talked about sexual purity, uh, but they also uh, there was a, a pledge for financial accountability and, and, and so much more. It really went extremely deep in order to avoid the all appearance of evil and uh job well done by uh, Dr. Billy Graham, a race well run by him. You know what amazed me, Dewey, was even in his latter years, since he's turned 90 and beyond, uh, he would uh, he would still share the gospel via video and other any other opportunity that he had to share the gospel. He did it. Yeah. You know, Dan, one of my the blessings the Lord gave me in Asheville, North Carolina, where Billy lived outside of that town, you know, um, was his, uh, I don't know what they call it, Dan, uh, the cold, the cold. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was there with Kyle Martin of Time to Revive, who there's a whole radio show for you someday with Kyle, because uh, Kyle uh, patterned his ministry uh, off of Billy Graham's ministry and is doing revivals all over, maybe going to Israel now. I was just talking to him from... Washington, D.C., he was in a meeting with high officials of Israel and other countries, um, but I was at the Cove, and I got to walk in there in the, the chapel they had there and, mm-hmm. and get up uh, there and review the history of Billy Graham and so forth. Yeah, that, that was purely a blessing, and, and you know, uh, in many ways, as Billy Graham always said, when you read the history of Billy Graham, I am but a just a simple man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there is one other thing that I wanted to touch on, and that was uh, the fact that long before the civil rights movement uh, started to swing into full, 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 full force, Dr. Graham was the one who invited that young upstart pastor from Atlanta, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., to, to come and pray at one of his crusades in New York City. Yeah, absolutely. I was watching that on TV the other night. You know, Dan, that's one thing that um, I don't know if we're ever going to see again where you have a a preacher uh, meeting with the presidents of all parties and of all beliefs and meeting them in the White House. Um, You know, it's like uh, George Bush said, George Bush one said, uh, Billy Graham brought comfort to me and my family while I was in White House. In the White House, and George Bush too said that Billy Graham helped me uh, heal me from alcoholism. Hmm. Wow! Hmm. And yet, the uh, the first meeting he had with the president didn't go so well. <laughs> he, met, he, he he met with Truman. Uh, the uh, secretary said, the meeting will start at noon. You'll have exactly 20 minutes. They go in, they pray with uh, President Truman, they come out, and the press is like, well, what did you say? What did you say? And he unfortunately said some things about their conversation that he shouldn't have done, embarrassed the president, and then reenacted what they uh, they did in regards to prayer, that famous picture of him kneeling in the uh, on the White House lawn, uh, and he never got invited back into the Truman White House. <laughs> Oh, Harry didn't stand for that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, Harry was a spitfire man. <laughs> yes, he was. Yes, he was. But from Eisenhower, I mean, but Eisenhower invited him right back in, and every president thereafter. Yep, 
Yeah, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. And yet he remained, except for Nixon, and he regretted that, he remained very impartial. He he was just there for spiritual purposes, and he was very close-lipped about that. He he learned his lesson, and uh, he moved on. Yeah, he he walked a good walk, a walk mm-hmm. that we can only pray that we can do. Amen, amen. What do you? What will you always take away from the life, Pastor Dewey Modi? What will you take away from the life of Doctor Billy Graham? Mm-hmm. Something maybe I think that I don't know if we've lost it, Dan, is just being fired up about Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And and having that passion drive us to reach as many people as we can, and and do it in a way that Graham did it, where he just seemed to communicate so wonderfully with mm-hmm. people. Billy Graham was so in tune with God, I mean, I mean, Dan, I, I called him, when I called out to reserve today to tell him the news about Billy, I said, you know, Billy Graham has passed on to heaven, and probably the world's greatest preacher, and, you know, uh, at least in my time, but mm-hmm. I... Golly, there hasn't been many preachers like him, but his excitement for the work that was assigned to him by our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, his integrity, his skills as a communicator of the gospel of Jesus Christ, um, so many things, Dan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the very thing that attracted you is the thing that uh, that you, you speak of, the enthusiasm that he had for Jesus Christ, and I do see that in you, my brother. That's why I love you dearly. Pastor Dewey Modi with us here on the Hobbit of Mexico. Thank you, brother. Thank you for uh, taking some of your time this morning to, uh, to reminisce with us. Well, it's just been a blessing. i just really, uh, just really thankful for that you would call me uh, on a day such as this, Dan. Thank you so much for blessing me. Yeah, we, we love you, and uh, you bless us. So God bless you. Thank you, Dewey. Take care, my brother. Okay, love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Pastor Dewey Modi with us here on the Hub of New Mexico.